vacation eric you're already on vacation i couldn't leave without we had to talk about that magical night so here we are drunk on the fightings eric just the 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 magic of baseball the the it becomes very easy to become romantic with baseball when you see a night like that just talk me through your night your night watching the game I mean, absolutely. It was, uh, it's definitely one of those things where, you know, as you're watching it, um, you know, I was actually out to, out to dinner down here and uh, in the fourth inning, my, my brother and I look at each other and we're like, Hey, look, I mean, no it's so far. Um, what are the odds? So, uh, we're, we're like, well, let's see what happens. You know, usually as soon as I notice that a hit happens, uh, then all of a sudden we, we venture upstairs because we're finished dinner. We go upstairs to watch it at a, you know, at the upstairs of the local establishment. And, um, it's like now the eighth inning or seventh inning and it's like, okay, this is kind of like the real deal now. But then, you know, NBC sports Philly always puts up the no hitter thing over the score. And it's like, ah, once they do that, you know, it's going to get jinxed. Right. It was, right. you know, it, it, it was incredible. Cause uh, you know, actually in the, in the beginning of the game, you know, you had Weston Wilson hit, hit the home run in his first uh, major league at bat. You had Cassianos right. hit two home runs. So it's like already there's so many storylines to this. And now, you know, now the biggest one is, is actually happening. And uh, it was just awesome. It was, you know, I love seeing, uh, you know, the, the fans' reaction. I love what Lorenzen had to say after the game. You know, what a, what a start to his uh, to his Phillies career. You know, seventeen innings, two earned runs. Couldn't ask for anything better. Yeah, man, it's just it for for him to be. I saw the the and and listen. There's the the pile of statistics that came out of that performance is more than probably than we can mention in, in one episode. But like. The fact that he came in and in two appearances has pitched into the into or past the eighth inning, just beyond impressive as far as a move from Dombrowski. And like the the moment earlier on in the game gets completely outshadowed. You know, you got a guy who who spends pretty much his entire career in the minor leagues, comes up, has his parents in the building, and now has the opportunity on a second swing goes deep with his family, his dad, you know, the dad getting teary eyed. Mm-hmm. If, if it wasn't romantic enough that that happened, then you get Castellanos with the two of them for him to get to the, the 200 home runs. But then you get Michael Lorenzen who just, you know, I know that there was a lot of chatter about like, he, he was at a hundred pitches after the seventh inning mm-hmm. has the conversation, you know, with Rob Thompson, and he, he basically said, like, be efficient. You got until 120. You know, yep. and it ends up, you know, he ends up at 124. But, you know, for me, I, we were actually sitting. So in my den, we've got two TVs. So the kids were watching a movie. 
So I was why I had it on the other TV with the sound off. The movie ends, and I was like, "Well, I can't turn the sound on now." Like all those that that I was like, "All right, well, I can't move. I'm already standing. Yep. Can't yeah, can't can't, can't switch right anything up." Yep. And my wife walks in, and she's asked, she starts asking questions, and I'm going, "Just stop asking questions." <laughs> and the kids are like, "Well, Dad, what? Why do they keep showing his family? Why are they showing his mom? Why?" And I'm going, "Stop! Just please stop." In five minutes. When this is over, I will explain, explain everything. everything. Yep. And it, and my wife is in another in the next room, going, "What the hell is happening? Why why are you telling them to stop talking?" And I'm just like, "Just stop asking me questions. Just stop." Yeah. Um, but anything. then, you know, so I left it on mute through the end of the game. Didn't didn't turn the volume back on until the the game's over. But the whole the 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 whole romantic piece about baseball man it just makes it really really easy to kind of fall in love with sports yeah i mean honestly and yeah you know, that's why i'm on on, on this show with you because baseball is my favorite sport and so obviously i'm a little biased here but yeah that's why it's the best sport right i mean the the all those different storylines the fact that it can happen you know you the first time that's ever happened right where a guy hits a home run in his first major league bat and a no hitter pitch i think i i saw there was 130 i think that was the 137th time a player has hit uh, a home run in their first major league at bat. And that was like the 322nd no hitter. Um, and, you know, in, I, I don't even know how many baseball games have ever been played, but it's been taking place since the, you know, late 1800s. So it's gotta be a good number. The fact that that's only yeah. happened that many times, it's, uh, it, it's, it's incredible. And, you know, the fact that both families were there, uh, you know, Weston Wilson was just added to the roster a few days prior, um, you know, Lorenzen gets traded there. So the fact that they were all kind of able to get in, and see it. I mean, what are the odds? And then my favorite part of the whole thing, Liam Castellanos is the coolest little hype man for this Phillies team. Like, you know, obviously we saw it earlier, you know, when he would hype up his dad after home and stuff like that. Yeah. High fives to the net. But the fact that he was the first one over to Weston Wilson's family and was right there with um, Michael Lorenzen's family. It's like, how awesome was that? And then the whole, the whole social media thing that, that mm-hmm. people are Photoshopping him yeah. in pretty <laughs> in much everything. everything. It's yeah. just great. It, 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 it's a great, and it's, and again, it's another way for, you know, Cassianos and his family to, you know, to, to kind of connect with this fan base, but like, yep. you know, the, the, so Michael Lorenz in the first, he, he's the fifth, only the fifth pro player to throw a no hitter in his first home game. Really? It hasn't been done since 1960. Wow. So like just some of these, like some of these statistics are just, incredible um the so the last player to throw the no hitter in his first appearance in a home game was a guy don Don charwell in in 1960 with what team from from the phillies no way really that's about par for the course right the phillies get rid of someone what are the odds lorenzen goes the other way here you know the the last the last time yeah, the the Phillies had tra- you know, the you had the Cole Hamels no hitter mm-hmm. on his last appearance. Yep, you got Lorenzen throwing his no hitter on his first home appearance. Just like all those little statistical things that just that just make you connect with this fan base. I just love man. It's just so cool. They yeah, dug out the mound. Yeah. They, yep. <clears throat> last time I remember that happening was I believe they did it for Jamie Moyer after the. Uh, 
08 World Series. I remember him carrying around the rubber from the mound after that. Yeah. That's the last time I remember seeing that happen. So, yeah, very cool. I mean, it was, you know, what it was seriously like, who would have thunk, what was it, April uh, or August, August 9th? Who would have thought August 9th would have been, you know, one of the coolest games of the year? You, you, you just never know, right? Anything can happen. And that's like that. That's the cool thing about base. You just never know, right? The yep. the fact that you get all those things converging on the same on the same game, just it's it, it's just just super cool. So you mentioned you know Wes Wilson. Do you remember the last guy that hit his hit a home run for the Phillies uh, in his first at bat? So the I'll only reason I know year. is because I I actually it was ninety eight. It was Marlon Marlon Bird or, or Marlon Anderson. Marlon Anderson. Marlon Anderson, yeah. Um, it's funny, actually. The only reason I knew that was because I actually was doing some research on the Weston Wilson thing yesterday uh, for, for an article, and I saw uh, that that Marlon Anderson was the last one to do it. But, yeah, I mean, that, that's uh, it's kind of crazy because, you know, most of the guys who – and you look at the list of people who have done it, most of them are people, you know, you, you usually don't hear hear about much more uh, in their careers. It's so rare that, that, that people do this. But – yeah, it was. It, it's pretty cool. Um, you know, Marlon Anderson went on to have a, a, a decent little career, but decent career, yeah. Um, how about Johan Rojas? He's been so fun to watch patrol center field. I mean, that guy he, he gets to everything, and honestly, even plays that that he makes look routine are way harder than he's actually making it look. Like he made that catch, uh, on, yeah, the other night in the uh, no hitter. Go earlier on in the game, where you know backtracks to, to the deep part in center field, left center field out there, and you know he he made it look easy. But the reads he gets on the ball, the speed, the closing speed he has to get to these balls is insane. And actually, I was looking some stuff up for him earlier. Like the biggest thing about Rojas was that okay, he he's been ready since he's like twenty years old to play a solid major league center field, but right. it was always could he hit. And right now he's hitting 316 so far, a 736 OPS. So, you know, it's it's unrealistic to think he's going to sustain that. I think because eventually they're going to, you know, pitchers are going to figure him out. But um, you know, the fact that he's been able to contribute, I think he's got nine RBIs or something like that already. So he's been contributing to this, you know, little streak that the, the Phillies have been on. Uh, I, you know, I think he'll have a, a decline a bit at the plate. I've seen a couple times where you know breaking balls. He kind of has the whole thing that, you know, Cassiano's had last year and Turner was having most of this year, where if there's something a little bit outside tailing away from him, he's flailing and chasing it every time. But that seems to be an epidemic with with this lineup right now. Yeah, but like if you if you think about what he's been able to contribute, right, he's coming in and basically giving you the opportunity to be for him to be an everyday center fielder, like pencil him in and he's able to cover the ground between Schwarber and Castellanos he's able to get to the gaps kind of with ease right but even in the in the no hitter has not has nine put outs yeah right he basically, Every, basically everything going out there and, and you know in a in a game where you got a guy that throws the no hitter but only gets five strikeouts you need contributions from guys like that that yep. I look at that and go I love what I see and that could be your center fielder moving forward. Like it, it really does give you some flexibility in terms of being able to put him in center, you know, when Marsh is healthy or Pache, you know, be, the, the, having those guys out there with the speed that they have mm-hmm. allows your, allows your defense to be able to cover a lot more ground, which listen, if we know that this team's going to play deep into the playoffs, 
those defensive replacements late in the games, yep. guys that can can get into the gaps and you know maybe keep you know a hit that might might be a double, keep it a single. Those plays are like monumental in the playoffs. So, yeah, definitely. I mean, think back to McCormick in the World Series last year, right? He makes that play against the wall. Wow. I mean, that, that that makes a huge difference, right? We win that game probably if if that ball, uh, you know, isn't isn't caught. So you're right; it definitely makes a huge difference. And having Marsh, Posh, and Castellanos has been a, a good right fielder this year. He, he doesn't have the closing speed that the other guys have, but he's been, you know, he, he's been doing what he needs to do. He takes pretty good routes, I think, uh, and he he's put a lot of work into becoming better. So if if you get that situation where you can keep Schwarber out of left field as much as possible and keep him as the DH you're looking at a, a pretty solid defensive outfield, which like you said, is yeah. massive going forward. Yeah. And I look at, I look at now, you know, the, the home stand, right. That they just finish up this series with the Nats and they take three or four. And, you know, in reality, they could have, they, they could have, and probably should have swept them. Yep. Um, but I love where this offense is trending because don't look now, but like somebody let this team start feeling themselves and, you now have, you know, JT hitting the ball the other way with power. Mm-hmm. Castellanos has, you know, got a stroke back from before the all-star break. He, you, Har- Harper is just, you know, he, goes, he leaves the game last night with the back spasms. But, man, he is just – everything off the bat with him is just electric. I just I'm, – I'm looking at, you know, and, and Boehm, right? We've talked about Boehm and how clutch of a hitter he is. Right, they're they're in. If I if I read the statistics correctly, they're all batting the so uh, Harper, Bohm, and uh, Stott are all within the top seven in batting average. Uh, yeah, it's been. I, I know I saw the the graphic on the game the other night. Yeah, Stott and Bohm are right there, and you know, Castellanos was up at that point until he had that little cold spell after the break. But yeah, I mean, they're starting to hit, and uh, Trey Turner has been hitting now too since that ovation and i know that was that the the banter about that on on twitter and social media i what like what a silly thing to have such polarizing uh viewpoints for to me you know it's one of those things i understand you know philly you know it's philly you don't cheer for a guy who's who's doing poorly but you kind of look back and hindsight's always 2020 and you know the team rallied around him. You saw when he got that standing ovation, Castellanos is standing at the front of the dugout, waving that towel. The guys are going nuts in the dugout too. The team's feeding off that. Trey's feeding off that. Uh, you know, since you know, over the last week, it was last Friday they gave him that mm-hmm. ovation. Since then, he's got an OPS over a thousand. Like he, he's been, he's been doing what he's got to do. Um, so I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, that is the reason that he's getting better. He's a good player. He's going to. He, we always knew he was. Well, I shouldn't say everyone. Most people, most people realize that Turner was going to get better as time went on, right? He was too good. You know, you've said it in other pods before where, you know, you look at the back of his baseball card, right? He's his numbers over the course of his career. And he's had a long enough career now where you can basically look at those numbers and say, yep, these are pretty accurate. Uh, he was going to get better. But, he's, he, you know, I think the offense is is rallying around that. I mean, these guys are, are, are starting to hit, and it's kind of going all through the lineup. Like you said, everyone's contributing a little bit right now, which was not happening, you know, two weeks ago. This, uh, yeah, this, no. there's been a lot of fluctuations this year, but we're in a fun one right now. So, yeah, no, and listen, the way I looked at it was like, he's going to be here for the next decade. Mm-hmm. 
I need him on my side, but I also like the the I didn't understand the booing him Correct. because it it wasn't for a lack of effort. We'll boo guys if they don't run the ball out. We'll boo guys yep. if they're not trying. But he was like almost pressing. It was almost too much. Mm-hmm. And and I think you know you you're in the first year of your contract. You get paid big money. You're in a new city. There's t- all those pressures. Happen. So, and and I thought like he if he has the pressure of feeling like he's the missing piece and he's not performing and he's the reason why, right? Like, what was it going to hurt? It's not going to hurt anything, right? That was my worst case scenario. Yeah. Is is status quo? It stays the same. But right. at least you know, at least you know that you've done what you can to let him know that we support them. And I think the comments that you see coming out of that after you know, in in the subsequent games after, right? The 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 comment from Harper about, you know, wish I played my whole career here. You, know, yeah. you, you have the the guys like Castellanos and, and and Turner. Turner takes out the billboard. Yep. Thanking the fans. You see that the players are almost trying to change the narrative and be like, I don't know what you think is happening in this city, but this is what this fan base means to us. Yeah. And Stott said, Stott said it and Bryce said it like within a day or two of each other where, you know, they were saying everyone in right. the national media, you know, tears apart Phillies fans and everything like that. And then I think Rosenthal uh, wrote something I saw yesterday for The Athletic, something about now Phillies fans being softer than a soft pretzel. It's like, what do you want from us, guys? <laughs> like, what, what does the national media want from, from Philadelphia fans? Because when you boo, you're, you know, you're a jerk all that stuff right. when you, when you, when you give a guy, you know, support, you're, you're soft, like, come on, what, which one is it? But yeah, I mean, like you said, Turner's thing was, I was okay. I was all for the ovation because he, it's not like he did something, uh, you know, like JD drew, right. Like spurning the Phillies and fans, Scott right. Rowland, you know, stuff like that. He, you know, he stayed in at that batting cage, uh, in, I think it was Miami that still, you know, till after midnight and is working through it. You you just you could see the like the look and the dejection on his face in these postgame interviews when he's you know booting balls, uh striking out three times, whatever. And you he he was he was pressing. That's absolutely to me what it was. Yeah, you know, I think he was putting so much pressure on it. I think giving the ovation kind of let him know, hey, listen, you know, we know you're trying, right? We know you're putting the effort in. And that may have actually lifted some of the, you know, some some of that weight off of his shoulders. Plus then, you know, the teammates see it and they're like, wait, this place is awesome now. Not that they, most people, you know, most of these guys have never caused a problem in Philly uh, anyway, but it's just, I think like that kind of made, um, you know, made all this kind of possible. And Lorenzen said it after the no hitter the other night, he's like, I've never been on a team where the fan base feels like they're part of the team. And I just think that's so cool. Like the players are seeing it and stuff like that. And and he's played in some, in some traditional, Mm -hmm deep-seated, you know, MLB markets, right? Cincinnati yeah. is, 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 a good, is a great it's fan base. Market, Detroit yeah. is a great fan base. Like, So for him to be able to be here and recognize that, just mm-hmm. it just it, it, it cements everything that you think you need, right? And then, you know, and now, right, They somebody let them get hot and they're sitting at the top of the wild card. <laughs> and and I think the, I think we always knew that this, this stretch was kind of coming where they were yep. going to play – you know, a series of teams that are not the greatest, but 
this is their chance to get some separation. So they can right now they sit a game and a half above San Francisco. Yeah, they got this the the weekend series coming up with the Twins. What are your thoughts going into into that? My thing is just keep winning winning series. You know, you're not going to sweep every every team. Uh, The Twins, the AL Central to me. Is is just the most boring division in baseball. Um, I, you know, you're, going, you're being polite. Yeah, exactly. Going, you know, going a little off on a tangent here. Doing immaculate grid. When I get the Tigers, when I get the Twins, I'm like, I remember, like, I, okay, I'm like pitchers. Uh, Verlander, Scherzer. I know they were on the Tigers, but I'm like, there's so many different things where I'm just like, oh my god, I hate these AL Central teams because I don't know anyone on them. I don't follow them. It's a it's a boring division. It's not a good division right now. Um, yeah. The Twins. I, I think that right now the I think it is actually actually is the Twins. They're the only team in the division with with a positive run differential as of the other day. Um, so they're not they're not horrible, but they're just not great. They're just to me they're just a team that's there. But you know you got to take you got to capitalize right. Capitalize against Kansas City. Um, yeah. Another AL Central team. Um, get the nationals right you got to take advantage and they did you, you got to just keep winning series so take two or three against minnesota you know you're they're they have momentum on their side right now a sweep will be great but yeah. give me two out of three and and then next week's nice because we have two off days so it should be interesting to see what they do with the with the pitching there um going into that toronto series uh up up there and see what they do because you're gonna have guys getting a lot of extra days off if you're going with a six-man rotation and getting two days off in a week. So so what are your thoughts on that? Because I, 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 when they brought Lorenzen in and they they said that they were just going to go straight to the six-man rotation, mm-hmm. my thought was like, okay, I get it. Like this is a way where you're still keeping guys fresh, but you're giving them that extra day rest. You're It, it allows you to – potentially have a longer leash let those guys go a little bit deeper into in the games which subsequently saves your bullpen which the bullpen has been really impressive outside of like a couple like a handful of pitches that have kind of cost them i just i i I love it i love how that's gonna give them the ability to be able to be fresher going into the the playoffs and i also look at the the other the other part about it is the Braves are nine and a half games up on the Phillies. Best case scenario is that they're going to run away with this division, mm-hmm. but they're also probably not going to play a meaningful game in the entire month of September. And then they're going to have like a week off before they play that first, you know, that first playoff game. Mm-hmm. I love that the Phillies are one going to be playing meaningful games all the way through the end of the season. And I love that they're going to have a chance to meet up with the Braves. Cause I really think that this lineup matches up really well with the Braves pitching. Yeah. And no, I agree. Um, the six man rotation is kind of like a double-edged sword. Cause you know, if they're, if they're pitching well, it's great. Cause you are, you know, you're giving each guy an extra break and everything like that. Other side, you know, if the, starters aren't pitching well and have to come out early you're down a reliever so that could tax your bullpen luckily the phillies have been option a right now and you know guys have been going deep into games so that's that's been a huge help i really like the idea of doing that just because especially guys like you know wheeler nola ranger those guys all pitched so deep into you know in november uh and you saw in the beginning of the year they were still a little bit 
and I think we're gonna we're gonna see it. They're going to tire at some point too. I actually wouldn't mind. Now I, I doubt they do this because you know Nola never skips a, a start. He's an innings eater all the time. But I actually wouldn't mind, you know, talking to those guys. Say, hey, since we got you know six guys, we have two days off next week. Let's skip a start. Give them you know one, give them a whole week where they're not yeah. where they're not throwing. Um, I know sometimes guys don't like that because it gets them out of the routine and the rhythm, and you know they they, they get a little yeah. rusty. So it's kind of you you got to talk to the player, right? The player knows, especially all of our guys, uh, with the exception of Sanchez, have really had a lot of experience yeah. in 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 the big leagues now. Ranger, you know, whatever, but they they know themselves now, right? So if Wheeler last year, remember he kind of had that IL stint in August. I don't know how like real that IL stint was, but I think it was good because look at how he pitched. Like, he was great go, going the other way. Like give these guys a couple of days off if they think they need it. And you have like right now is a good time to do it because you have those two building off days. You have the six man rotation. So I think you have a good spot right now to, um, you know, to, to, to potentially rest these guys, uh, which, which could be helpful going forward. So listen, before we take a commercial, I'm going to, I'm just going to give you a question, right? As of today, if you're setting the playoff rotation as of today, mm-hmm. who's what, what, how many guys who's starting what games? So I think the, the first game has to be Wheeler. He's earned it. Yeah. Um, he's pitched, he's pitched really well. He's looked sharp again. You know, his, his velocity has been staying there. You got to go Wheeler one. Um, this one is, this is tough because Nola's earned it over his career. I know he's had some some blow up starts right now, but I think it's almost you know insulting to him uh, if you put him. I've I've seen some people say like you know you use him in the bullpen in in a playoff uh, situation, and you know if it, I don't know I think he's earned this the chance to to start a game, give him a real short leash, see what happens. Um, so I think I would go him probably two. I know people are are going to disagree with that. Uh, Walker's been great. You got to go Walker, I think, in a game three. And you, know, you really only need a four-man a four rotation. So then you could do some combination of, you know, Lorenzen, Ranger, Sanchez. Uh, or even, you know, if, if you're worried about Nola, you know, put Ranger or um, Chris, Christopher Sanchez behind him. Let him just go a couple innings so he doesn't have that, that blow-up inning. It, there's a lot of ways you could structure it. But, you know, it's, it's a good problem to have this much starting pitching depth right now yeah. where you can kind of – Play that around, but I think your your top three are going to have to be Wheeler, Nola, Taiwan Walker. Uh, you, you can flip Walker and and, and Nola there if you want, um, especially in you know a wild card series when you only get you know three games. Second, you know basically, you, I yeah. can see why if people don't want to waste a game where if Nola's coming in not pitching great, uh, you know you right. might put Taiwan Walker there. But it, there, there's flexibility, and you know Ranger came out of the bullpen in the playoffs last year. I wouldn't mind yeah. him come in and eat up you know two or three innings. Uh, there and you know he's gonna have good stuff you know what you're gonna get from him so um there's a lot of different ways you can do this but i think you also have to look at it okay who's the healthiest uh and with with the playoffs i really feel like in baseball it's the hottest team the hottest players they're that's the team that always goes right there's no way like the phillies were on paper definitely not a better team than the braves last year right but they were hot at the right time and they had the momentum yeah. right so they beat the they beat the braves they beat a good padres team to get to the world series and i mean they had a legit shot to win that world series too so i think you know seeing these guys uh as we get into september and october seeing like you're know, riding the hot hand basically 
Yeah, no, I like I like the 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 idea of for me potentially going right, left, right mm-hmm. for a series just to switch up the arm angles, just to switch up, you know, you, you allow the the team that you're playing not to get comfortable and you know put the same lineup out for each game. I like the idea of going Wheeler, Ranger, and then and then Walker. But like you you could argue he's had a really shitty year, but you know, there's gonna be a lot of people that are gonna argue that Nola's earned that, right? And who would have thought that you would have had a guy that is tied for the lead league and wins? And a guy that threw a no hitter for you, and they might not start any of your postseason games. Yeah, I mean, it's been, uh, it's again, it's a good problem to have, right? When you have yeah, all that starting depth. But I think, you know, I think Walker's definitely earned it. He he should, without a doubt, get get a start in in the playoffs. Um, Lorenzo so earned it too. Yes. I mean, I, and you know, Lorenzo's had a good a, a good year. You know, he's a guy I was streaming a lot in my my fantasy baseball league earlier this year until one time I, I dropped him thinking oh, I'll just get him again someone snatched him and then he's he's been he's been away the whole time so um yeah it's one of those things where yeah you know, I've kind of liked him all year uh and I think he's deserved a shot too it's just it's it's tough to say okay who's gonna get which um you know which which start uh because you know any so many different things can happen right now but yeah uh, right now I, I think you got to put and and I don't know what to do because, you know, you get – Sanchez probably you could use as a long man out of the bullpen in the playoffs, and that right. would be fine, right? But you got five guys because Rangers, I think, earned it too. You know, he's been struggled a little bit uh, this year with, with command and stuff, but you got five guys who really should be able to pitch a playoff game, which is a good problem to have. Yeah, I mean, he struggled a little bit last year, but in the playoffs was just lights mm-hmm. out. He was incredible last yep. year pitching but like i didn't even realize i'm just looking at the stats like for for win totals <laughs> zach efflin is fourth and kyle gibson is seventh in the mlb and wins like, the kyle gibson thing drives me nuts i feel like I'm a, only... i feel like i'm at the guy sitting at the table going please make that make sense for me like yeah like, honestly you look at the teams they're on right i mean they're two of the top yeah. teams in the al so you know that that's why you know well wins uh, you know, can be an important stat. It's not a stat I look at a whole lot when determining how good a pitcher is because Eflin's not yeah. hasn't been bad. If I'm not mistaken, he's got an uh, ERA in the mid to high threes. Correct? I don't know if you three, have that three, there four. or not. And um, but Gibson has and Gibson, an ERA. Gibson's ERA is four five. Yeah, so he shouldn't really be up there. But when your team's scoring, you know, ten runs for you, you know, you're going to get right. the win. So it's yeah. uh, that's one of those ones where I'm like, hey, it's. And you know, good for those guys. You know, Eflin did a lot Absolutely. here. I like, I liked him a lot. I, I will say, I was at two of the Orioles games at uh, in in Philly this year, and okay. um, Gibson was walking around talking to every Phillies player pregame. Um, like you, he he definitely fit in the clubhouse. Like the guys, I think the yeah. guys had to like him. Uh, you know, he obviously struggled on the stretch last year, but he he had some. He did have some big starts, and he was really good in that first half of last season. So you know, he he contributed to to that team. Yeah. Um, in, in a few different ways. So, yeah, good for them. I hope, you know, I hope they have good careers going forward. But uh, I don't think I don't think Gibson should be up there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hear you. Listen, we'll take a commercial on the back end of this. We're going to we're going to give you a little immaculate grid cheat sheet. 
Vonsi Brewing Company is a 20-barrel, 16,000-square-foot microbrewery with a 2,500-square-foot tasting room, including a spacious outside beer garden in Norristown, PA, in the heart of Montgomery County. The Von C. family is part of the family that started C. Schmidt and Son Brewing in 1860. Stop in Wednesday through Sunday and taste a variety of draft and 16-ounce cans of originally brewed beer and tell them the Drunk on Broad crew sent you. Von C. Brewing is located at 1210 Stenbridge Street, Suite 300 in Norristown. Cheers! Clicks are the only glasses for real sports fans. With interchangeable arms you can support all of your favorite teams, or even make and create custom options as well. These die-hard sports fans have realized that sports fans needed something other than face paint to show their love and passion for their teams. Go to teamclicks.com dob and show your love for your hometown team. Lotorin's curated collection of men's and women's watches is a perfect investment that lasts for years to come and fits perfectly with your every outfit and style. Our range of classic watches aren't just a great perfect formal and casual accessory, but a time machine that takes you back to memories. Explore our collection of timeless watches that can reflect your taste, personality, and personal style. Our exclusive collection of carefully curated affordable luxury watches is what you need to make a personalized style statement. You can take pride in your prized possession, handing it over to the next generations as your most loved asset that they can also own and display with the same pride. These high quality pieces stand the test of time, giving exceptional value and return on your investment. Go to lock-touring.com and use code DOB at checkout and get 10% off. If you're looking for unique sports apparel, check out Streaker Sports. They've dug deep into the archives and have brought back some incredible defunct team logos and have even created entire defunct league collections. They also have collections paying homage to sports culture including the Miracle on Ice, Slapshot, Kadishak, the Mighty Ducks, and even have a license with Wiffle Ball and USA Hockey. Only for drunk on broad listeners, use code BROAD at checkout to get 10% off anything at streakersports.com. Again that's 10% off anything at streakersports.com with discount code BROAD. back when we're talking immaculate grid so last time we talked we we kind of did it live gonna take a different angle from this so you know the immaculate grid gives you nine spots i like how they're switching it up right now they're Mm -hmm. doing a little bit more statistical not necessarily specific on the team but i thought what better to do than look at the guys that could check off a bunch of boxes for you so we got the Immaculate Grid cheat sheet today. So <laughs> I haven't looked at it yet this morning. But Eric, if you want to go back and forth, we can kind of we can kind of go one for one. So who's the guy at the top of your list? Um, I think we talked about him last time, Edwin Jackson, who has played for 14 different teams, which is absolutely <laughs> crazy to think about. There's 30 teams in baseball. He's played for almost half of them. Um, so and he but, only yeah, played so. 17 years. That's what I mean. He was he was just bouncing around all the time, and he was. It's not like he wasn't a terrible pitcher either. Uh, no, not which at is, all. It's kind of crazy. He couldn't lock up anything, you know, more than you know a couple of year deal here and there. 
uh, or yeah, but there's a lot of trades, I think, too. But um, yeah, 14 teams is is kind of crazy. Yeah. So listen, that that would be the guy that I would go to first. Right. The, mm-hmm. the fact that you've got a guy that, you know, AL, NL, it's not like he kind of he, he just at any player that can pitch for 14 teams in 17 years. I got to give a ton of credit for it. And, you know, he and just recently retired, right? Mm-hmm. Retired his, you know, the last time he pitched in the MLB was in 2019, mm-hmm. but just retired in, 20, in September of 22. Made his big league appearance for? Um, oh, who was his first team? Was it the oh, final? His final big oh, his league. Final, final appearance. Um, who did he make that final appearance for? Uh, it's an AL team. AL team. Okay. Was it? He was with Toronto, right? Was that the last one, or was there another one? He was with Toronto, but that wasn't the last. That one. wasn't it. It's a oh, team boy. we've talked about this today. AL Central. Mm-hmm. Twins. The Tigers. Tigers. Okay. I knew he was with that. I wasn't sure if he started there or ended there, but yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. That makes sense. I remember him. That's actually the team I probably remember him from the most. Now, listen, the next guy for me, Rich Hill, Mm -hmm. another pitcher, but pitched from 2005 to is, you know, still currently pitching. Mm -hmm. It just got traded from the Pirates. Yeah. So he can add another one to, to his list, too. So he may be tied because I'm not sure if the if 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 I remember correctly, I don't know. So right now the the article that I was reading about him thirteen it was thirteen teams. Right, I think right. that was probably written prior to him getting traded. So it actually might be fourteen now. So he he and Edwin Jackson might be tied at fourteen. Wow. But again, just another guy that like okay, AL NL doesn't matter, right mm-hmm. and. and the fact that he's been able to be able to get to that spot. I just get the guys that, the, that are able to do the longevity, have the longevity in their career. Great. Mm -hmm. But the fact that you're doing it and switching teams as much as you are and still having enough success that teams still want you just super fun to, to think about. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yes. And guys do it different ways, right? Like, I mean, Rich Hill's been around forever. Uh, you know, Jackson didn't have quite his long career, but they both been with the same amount of teams. It's kind of kind of crazy to think about. Yeah. So who's who's the next guy on your list? I'm going to go with a guy who had a stint in Philly, Matt Stairs, who played Ooh, from yeah. I think his I think his debut was in uh, 1992. And look at my notes here. Yeah, uh, he played for 12 different teams um, and a 19 year career. So um, okay, okay, he definitely the lo- longevity factor. In yeah. that, but yep, and uh, he's definitely yeah, and so I kind of bring in the Phillies here a little bit. So yeah, the fact I mean, and his his career gets extended obviously with the DH mm-hmm. and the AL, um, yeah. and has that historically monumental at bat for the Phillies mm-hmm. in their in their World Series run. That's one of my that, for him for me. That's one of my favorite memories. One oh, of my yeah, favorite that memories was, is that was absolutely awesome was the fact that we had that moment to be able to get the ability to be able to see him in that moment. Mm-hmm. Just absolute moonshot, just crushes the ball. It's just, yep. he, 
I hate to say it. I mean, he reminds me a lot of Schwarber right now. Yeah. And, but you got Schwarber playing the field. I think the more that they can get Schwarber out of the field, off the field, yep. kind of benefits them in two different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to stay on the mound. Octavio Dotel. He was another guy up there I saw when I was doing some research on this. Yeah, he's been – how many teams is he? 13. 13. 13, 13 teams. Um, played for 15 years. So, again, mm-hmm. a guy who just – very tra- – I think the common theme is this is like these guys are very transient, right? So they – and the tricky thing is is that you have some of these guys that are only playing for a couple of – like they, they may have gotten traded – played mm-hmm. the tail end of one season in, in their career. Um, but a guy I, I loved watching. He was, his stuff was always electric. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he was fun. He was fun. Um, I'm trying to think like what team was he like most associated with? I'm trying to think like, I can't pick, I like can I, I can picture, I can picture him. I can picture him throwing, but I don't know. I can't picture what team I like, what hat I associated him wearing. All right, so he played five years with the Astros. That would make sense. Yep, that makes sense. Do you remember the? Do you remember the the? I always associate it with Billy Wagner, but like the Billy Wagner mm-hmm. uniform. Yeah, it was like that era, the black hat with like the yes, back the when they were still in the NL, red star. Yeah, that um, makes sense. Yeah, but he played two years with the A's, two years with the Tigers, two years with the White Sox. And then he had stints with the Royals, Mets, Rockies, Pirates, Braves, Cardinals, Dodgers, Yankees, Blue Jays. All for one year. That's a Uh, lot of moving. A lot of moving around. It is. It is a lot of moving. Who you got next? Uh, I'm going Fernando Rodney. Uh, 11 teams, a 17-year career. um, He was fun. He he had really electric stuff when he was in his prime. He was he was fun to watch. He always had the you know the the hat kind of off to the side a little bit, um, but he had a lot of personality. Yeah, he had the, who was that? Was that Dontrell Willis who had the? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. He always kind of wore it half half cocked yeah. to the side. Yep. But he was cool. He was he was a guy who just came in and just threw gas. Yep. No, he really did. And if I remember correctly, does he? Did he? Can't remember. Did he at one point set a record? I feel like he set a saves record with the um, Rays. He was Maybe like a single re- season was, record. I don't know. Yeah, I forget. Uh, I have to look that one up. Um, I know he. Yeah, he. That was like the time when he had that electric stuff where he was, mm-hmm. he was really good. So he could have. All right, I'm gonna stay in the hometown. Another guy that played had a stint with the Phillies. It's a left-handed pitcher. I think you know where I'm going. I uh, are you going the Bruce Chen route? I'm going. I'm going. I'm going to go Bruce Chen. He was going right? to be my next guy. <laughs> oh, okay. That's funny. So, Bruce Chen right plays for the Royals, Braves, Orioles, Mets, Phillies, Red Sox, mm-hmm. Rangers, Indians, Reds, Expos, and Astros. Right, and his his career right 1998 to 2015. So again, these really short stints, but. He had he had really he, he did have productive stretches as a lefty mm-hmm. really really early on. Yeah, it's crazy that he played till 2015. I kind of like only think <laughs> right? of him during his like early 2000s Philly stint. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, he he did have a couple effect. You know, he would have effective starts, especially on some yeah, you know, yeah, not yeah. great not great teams. Uh, you know, he he was a very suitable starter. I think the 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 interesting thing is here: how many pitchers have we said? So we've said pretty much all pitchers, right? I think it, it just shows you how valuable pitching is in the league, right? Yeah. What team what what teams will do to get to to acquire pitchers? Um, so it's kind of interesting to see how many of these guys, you know, take the mound. Uh, whether it's out of the bullpen or as, as a starter all the time. So it's kind of interesting to see. Nice. All right. Who you got next? Okay. Um, let's see. I got to go down to my, my next one here. Bartolo Colon. Okay. Um, he played from 97 to 2018. You know, I think everyone kind of remembers him because he was, you know, probably the the biggest guy in baseball and he was cranking, he was cranking home runs uh, yeah. when he was with, with the Mets and everything. And just watching him run the bases was hilarious. So uh uh, he was he was a pretty fun guy to watch, and he's a little more, um, you know, a little more, a little more recent. So you know, people may may remember him uh, too. But yeah, he played for I think it was 11. eleven teams. Yep, eleven teams, and actually was a member of the uh, Expos at one point. So I was just gonna say going he, back to he had a had a stint where he played with the Expos, which mm-hmm. immaculate grid fun fact. If you have a Washington mm-hmm. National column you can use the expos because it is part of that franchise yes i've used uh vlad guerrero senior multiple times for nationals uh categories Ooh, okay so, yeah he's he's always a guy i kind of think back to there all right i'm gonna go i got an i got a, i got a position player for you okay who had a stint and filled up here the common theme right it, mm-hmm. I, I started thinking about these guys guys that have kind of passed through philadelphia yep kenny lofton Kenny Lofton, yeah, that's a good that's a good one. Kenny Kenny Lofton is a guy who played from ninety one to two thousand seven, mm-hmm. but played but played for eleven teams. Some of these, I like. There are some of these stints I don't remember him. Like I, I don't remember him as a like he he had stints with the obviously with the Indians, mm-hmm. Pirates, but then Giants, Phillies, Braves, Rangers, Dodgers, Cubs, Yankees, Astros, White Sox. Like there's yeah, some of those I, I do remember, some but some of them I'm like. Yeah, like really sketchy. Yeah, that is. Uh, that's funny. I'm. I'm actually looking at the list right now, and yeah, he's got a lot of ones I don't remember there. I always kind of associate him uh, with Cleveland, but yeah. All right, let's go two more. Okay, so give me one. All right, I'm gonna go. Um, another one who who passed through Philly, a catcher, Paul Bacco. Remember him? Ooh. He played 11 okay. years. He's, from, he's gonna uh, get 90- you that rarity score. Oh, definitely. <laughs> he played from uh, 98 to 2009, 11 different teams. Um, so and he's one of those guys who, you know, he, I, I, if I remember, like, he was not a terrible uh, backup catcher for, for the Phillies. He had a couple of good years, uh, not, you know, and, and he started with a couple of the teams too. But um, I feel like, yeah, he's, he's a kind of a good throwback name to throw out there. Oh, I like that. All right. I'm going back to the mound. Another guy okay. who passed through Philly, Terry Mulholland. Oh, okay. is another guy who pitched for pitched for eleven different teams. I, I would not. Yeah, that's, a, I, I'm, that's a real long career I, too. I, you know, he pitched from '86 to 2006, like 20 years. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And eleven teams. So, I, you know, I don't remember him pitching for the Twins. Mm-mm. He pitched for the Mariners the D-backs, the Indian, like there's a, there's a couple of teams. And this is where the immaculate grid that where those rarity scores come in. Cause like, if you can get a guy 
that may have only played, you know, may have got traded at the trade deadline and only played the second half of the season with those guys. It's, it's, I don't know. Oh yeah. Some of these are, it's just, it's so tough. Cause like, I mean, there's guys who maybe had three, two or three starts or appearances in some of these teams and obviously it counts, but it's like, okay. why do I not remember them with that team? And it's cause you know, they got traded at the deadline or, you know, passed through waivers or whatever it was, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's, it's definitely interesting to think, think about. And something else I just noticed, we talked about, you know, Two, two pitchers who had very long careers, Rich Hill and Terry Mahalan. We could also throw Jamie Moyer in there. Not as many teams, but oh, yes. okay. very long career. What's with these lefties? Do their arms not ever uh, <laughs> ever, ever tire yeah. out? Because these guys have all had real long careers. It's just wild. Just wild. So yeah. give, me your, give me your last guy. All right, last guy here. I am going to go with – I'll go back to the mound as well. LaTroy Hawkins. I remember him. Um, oh, Okay. Growing up, I always he had him. Fun. He was always one of my fantasy relievers. Uh, yeah, eleven-year career, ninety-five to two thousand fifteen. I'm sorry, eleven teams over a ten-year career, uh, ninety-five okay. to two thousand fifteen. Um, been been all over the place, but uh, yeah, I always remember drafting him and or taking him in, in fantasy baseball back when, back nice. when I was younger. I'm, I'm gonna give. I'm just gonna rattle off a couple of names, guys that Go are that all played for the Phillies at one point. But okay. all have played for at least 10 teams. I like Todd it. Todd Zeal. Todd Zeal. Okay, good one. Russell Brannion. Ken Brett. Ken, okay. Marlon Bird. Marlon Bird, right. Uh, hold on. Who's next? On the list? Um, I had one more guy on the list. Hold on. Where is it? Oh, and Roberto Hernandez. Okay. All those huh. guys all played for at least 10 teams. And and made an appearance in Philly. And at some point made a stop in Philly. Cool. It's, it's, so, it is fun to do. Like, you know, I, I wake up every morning and I, I hate that they moved it back to 9 o'clock. I don't know what I'm going to do once it <laughs> starts back up. I'm going to have to, like, I don't know, put a movie on or something at 9 o'clock and, uh, and figure out and start looking at the grid. But um, – you know, it's it's. Why don't they just do it at midnight? Like Wordle does it at midnight. They were doing it at midnight. I don't know what's what's the holdup here because I, I hate sitting around waiting. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. And now I know that they've partnered. That you know, they're did they get bought? They get bought by Baseball Reference or their Baseball Reference? Yeah. And now they're it is. And did you know that that company's local? The, baseball Reference. The, the that Baseball Reference that website was no. started locally. Really? I, I don't I know, know the that. backstory of it, but I did hear someone mentioning it that at some point in time, that store, that, that company that is now every sport reference. Yeah. Is a, is started as a local, started as a local company in this area. Oh, fun fact. So I think that is my, um, if, if, if you looked at my uh, top, top browsers, I think baseball reference would have every other one be other than like, you know, work email. Uh, yeah. Probably by, by quite, by quite a bit. All right, Eric. I know you're down the shore. I know you're itching to get to the beach. <laughs> it's a nice one down here today. Give me a give me a final thought. Um, offense. Let's keep it going. Um, you know they've they've like we talked about earlier. They've been you know they've been hitting the ball well. Pitching hasn't really been an issue. So let's keep it going. I think I, I saw something. They, I think I did the math. They hit like 18 home runs in the last seven days, which is great yeah. to see. Because power, I know we talked about in the last podcast, they just weren't hitting for power. Um, so seeing that is great. Castellanos has home runs in the last week. He's been tearing it up. So let's keep hitting. Um, 
and uh, and just getting getting runs to support these pitchers. Listen, I'm gonna give a shout out. If you have not had a chance to tune in to the Little League World Series, that's in full swing right now. And there's a local team from Delco. Yeah, media, right? In media. And yeah. they are playing today at three o'clock. Oh, good to know. For a chance to go to the Little League World Series. So just shout out to them. They're a super fun team to watch. There was a clip kind of tr- rolling around the internet with uh, when the one coach goes to tell a story to kind of, you know, break up the monotony of going out to the mound. And the kids, the kids know that the, the coach is wearing a microphone and it's someone's dad and they're all talking over him. And he's like, can I say hi to my mom? And he said, no, <laughs> we're not doing that. And then the kid's like, hi, mom. Like just <laughs> to see the convergence and to, but also to see, you know, then the kids be kids. It was just, it's, it's a super cool thing. And cool. listen, anytime that we can get behind a, a team that's local, you know, I think the last team that was, this local was the team uh, with Monet Davis and uh, the, the Tanny team from, from down in the city. So yep. I just look at the, the little league world series. is just a cool, just a cool thing to see. And then to see the international piece come into just, just super fun. And these kids are just, mm-hmm. it, it gets back to the very heart of the game, which is yeah. just playing a game and having fun. Yeah. So, no, it is fun. It's always fun to watch. I was like watching watching that so listen eric i will check in with you probably that last week in august but hopefully we'll be full swing ahead with uh talking about the the playoff matchups talking about setting setting lineups talking about this team but we will uh we will check in with you all in a couple weeks go phils yep go phils this is the broad street line where Philly sports fans leave all of their sports hot takes. Call 267-405-3062 and show us your passion for Philly sports. Don't forget to tune in every Wednesday at 8.30 when we listen to your live reactions to the thrill of victory or the agony of defeat.